0: Alright, here we are, episode one. Let's go. New show. What's up, man? The new show, new show.
1: What is an NFL quarterback rule
0: like? So two years ago I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Kyle. That was my
1: draft class. I think that this league is filled with opportunities and the guys that, that stay in the league for a long time are the guys that take advantage of those opportunities. I'm just a big believer in repetition. Cool. I'm a big team guy and goals never end. I'm just a big 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 I'm a big guy and gold, gold, gold. Once I stepped on that field today, it was good, man. This is
0: the room. This is uh, I'm Jordan Palmer. What's up, man, Kyle Allen? And um, yeah, we're we're pumped to put this together. Uh, we just we consume a lot of content. We talk a lot of football, a lot of high level football. I mean. I'm one way or another as a quarterback coach, I've trained a lot of guys I used to play. I'm kind of one way or another connected to all 32 teams and 40-something colleges. Kyle, you're on your third team. This is your, what, fifth,
1: fifth, sixth year? Yeah, my fifth year in the league. You know, I've known you since high school, too, since Elite 11 days. I've been going to, to camp since I can remember. You know, started football when I was eight, bounced around the league a bunch. We've been around so many guys in the off season too. You know, I think when we think about this show and we think about, we talk about this forever, like, We just talk ball so much to each other and and with other people why not talk ball for everybody
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then bring in the best guests which that's -hmm. what we're going to be doing we're going to each week bringing in not a, a a great player on a bye week we're going to bring in great players on the week the big game week um and and we're not going to sit here and get quite answers like uh, yeah, the offensive line played great, and then hopefully, you know, and we continue to pick it up on defense, and you know, go fight, win, and finish through the line. And yes, coach, like, no, 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 we're going to have some real authentic, raw conversations, um, but also talk about what you know in the room, which is the QB room, which is the most important room in any building. Um, uh-huh. What we talk about, which is not all football. It's life. It's sports. It's news and other sports. It's uh, music. It's all across the board. And so this is the room. Um, this is episode one. Uh, we have a very special guest today to join us at a very crucial point in his career. Very crucial point in his career. Very I'd say good. the biggest, the most important moments coming up in his career. Um, and, uh, and we're going to get into all of that today uh, and each week throughout the season. And we're going to see where this thing goes because we think this thing might go to the moon. And, uh, and we're fired up to to dive into it. So like Kyle said, we've known each other since high school I've been helping Kyle, coaching Kyle for a long time, but we've become more than a player-coach relationship, and and uh, and it's been a blast. And so now we're going to be able to bring some of our conversations to the world, and uh, and let's see kind of where this thing goes.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked, man. I'm really excited. And I think, you know, we talk about the quarterback room and that room in general. Think about the amount of hours you spend there, eight years in the league, in college, the amount of hours that you just spend in your quarterback room a day. You're in there Six, seven hours a day. You're grinding, you're staying later than everybody. And I remember early in my career too with Cam Newton, he would be in the building from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And it's not like he's working the whole time. He just wanted to hang out and be around too. And so all those different conversations, the different topics, you know, when I think about football too in the locker room, it's just the biggest melting pot of people in this world. You got people from all different backgrounds, all different stories. And I think it's special that we get a chance to be a part of that and see that. And so it's, it's kind of cool that we're going to try and share it too.
0: Yeah. It's funny you bring that up about cam. Cause I think casual fans, which I think that's going to be a lot of our viewers is people who, um, love football, love their team, love, you know, a couple of these players can't stand that one guy. Right. But like not necessarily get have the time and and the ability to get like exposed to what, what's really going on, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and we also like, we both, you play in the NFL. I used to play in the NFL but also got a lot of buddies that I played high school and college football with and never played in the NFL that are super into it. So there's just like all all different le- like levels of interest in this game and in this position. Um, but for the general people who are watching this, you know like you just mentioned Cam Newton, I think every fan's heard a quarterback is is la- uh, first guy in, last to leave, right? First guy mm-hmm. in the building, last guy to leave or last guy in the building first guy to leave right mm-hmm. and what's funny about that is people assume associate that with oh he doesn't study well i don't know i i've played with guys who they just prefer to study at home they built an office they have an organ, yep. organization it's organized there all their information's there but the whole first guy and last guy to leave honestly it's kind of like what we're doing right here it's like we said about cam like do you want to hang out and dick around and like Yeah. sit in the sauna and chop it up and then go like have a two hour lunch because like you're hanging out with the O-line or the DBs today and you know what I mean and so Mm -hmm. that concept of quarterbacks like this guy's a a real dude this QB is is uh he's a guy he's a pro all these terms that we coin a lot of it centers around quarterbacks ability to connect with other guys and have conversations like the ones we're going to have here with Some of the biggest names in football and some of the best quarterbacks in college in the NFL. So there's your intro. Episode one. We're going to get into it. So how we're going to do this, there's got some segments coming up. We're going to jump right into this next segment. This is called the opening drive uh, coaches script. So Kyle, explain like why opening drive? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so opening drive coaches script. um, I don't think we did this until we got to the NFL. I don't know if you did this in college or not, but when you get to the NFL, you're preparing for a game each game you're going to have your first 15 to 20 plays scripted, right? You know exactly what you're going to run unless it's a weird third down or you get out of position, you know exactly what you're going to run. And so this segment, we're going to go around that coach's script, kind of touch on topics from around the league, around football, around different sports and kind of just in general, touch on some topics.
0: Cool. So without any delay, let's get into the opening drive. First uh, topic here. And um, as, as uh, our man Jake from grit was putting this stuff together, um, it was funny cause I saw this as a topic and I'm like, gosh, I, I've been following this. I don't know that I've really talked to anybody about this. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not in a locker room right now. I have, you know, it just, kind of hasn't come up. And so, um, and this is all this stuff that went down in Miami. Um, and so over Steven Ross, the NFL just came down, cracked down on him. The NFL investigated and found that the dolphins were guilty of tampering with quarterback Tom Brady. And then with Sean Payton, who was the the saints coach. Um, he had stepped back, you know, you, you and I know Sean Payton well enough to know that he, he didn't retire. He just yeah. like, hit, put a he lost Drew Brees and said, let me put a comma right here and go do make money doing TV. And then I'll come back and do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, I'm going to
1: play some golf for a while. <laughs> exactly. Which is
0: the last time you and I saw him was on a little, funky, yeah. <laughs> little sneaky little golf trip in, in middle of nowhere, Mississippi. Um, so owner Stephen Ross and vice chairman uh, Bruce Beal. That's a name I didn't know made impermissible contact with both Brady and agent Don Yee. So Brady's had an agent named Don Yee, who I don't know if he's got a bunch of other guys, but he's kind of known as being Tom Brady's agent um, Mm -hmm. in an attempt to get both men to join the franchise. When I read that, I'm like, they're trying to get Don Yee to be a part of the franchise, I guess. Um, So the NFL suspended owner Stephen Ross six games and fined him $1.5 million. The Dolphins were also stripped of their first round pick this coming up here. So lose the Mm -hmm. first round pick this year and lose a third round pick the next year. Um, And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell called Ross's level of involvement, as well as scope and severity of the Dolphins tampering, unprecedented. Meaning, Mm. I've never seen this before.
1: (laughs) Unprecedented.
0: Unprecedented. You know what's funny
1: about this? It's funny about this. You say you're not in locker room right now. So we're sitting at lunch in the locker room and you know how it is in the facility you got TVs on in the lunchroom you got TVs sometime in the locker room and no matter when it is it's on some type of sports channel and the worst is when you're like on a bad team and you're losing and it's still on that sports channel and they're talk about how bad you are and they have to turn the TVs off it's super oh, yeah. awkward yeah but we see this pop up randomly and i think this kind of flew under the radar i don't know about you but i was And you were with the Commanders at the time? No
0: check-ups? this was here. Okay. This was
1: a couple weeks ago when this came yeah. out. Yeah. So we're just sitting at lunch and this comes out and You know, you kind of heard about it a little bit when, um, uh, when the whole deal was going down with the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. What was his? It was um, Flores, right? Brian Flores, yeah, yeah, Flores. That kind of came out in the Hugh Jackson news too, and then it kind of went dead for a while, and then this comes around and first round pick. Like, talk about whatever the money is. You know, it's the owner. It's not against the cap. It's fine. When you lose a first round pick. That is just absolutely detrimental to your team, mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't matter where in the first round it is. That is just detrimental to your team. And then a third round pick the next year, not as bad. But still, when you see unprecedented, like... And when we're talking about it, it is... And by Brady, the way, the Dolphins, you know, there's a chance that's a top 10 pick. Easily. Yeah. Could easily be, you know? But it's for Brady. Totally. You know? Yeah. So... I don't know if I hate the move and I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying.
0: Well, and so, and Brady, I think made an incredible career off that of like straddling that line. Some would say going way over the line and some people would say, Oh no, bro," With their Boston accent. Yep. He's never straddled the line. No. Yeah. Right. People don't Boston, did, A lot. Of, I never saw people connect the dots on this. Stephen Ross is the biggest Michigan alumni donor. I think the business you know? like school is named like, we got to check that, but I'm pretty sure the business school at Michigan is like Stephen Ross, business school. So huge real estate developer obviously owns the Miami Dolphins owns a whole gaggle of things. Um, but there's a Michigan connection going way back there too. Who knows what that has to do with it. I mean, I I don't know that you had to be co alumni to want to get the guy to play on your team when it's the goat, you just kind of do whatever, but that risk that reward, but think about it like this. So, um, I mean losing that first round pick, their last couple first round Jalen Waddle was a first round pick. Their quarterback was a Great. first round pick. You go through their awesome corner was a first round pick. I mean, Gave these are first
1: round picks for Tyreek Tyree kill, you know,
0: there you go. Wouldn't have Tyree kill if they didn't have a, you know, trade, uh, trade collateral in the first round. So that's a massive deal. 1.5 million dollars. I think that guy sneezes and 1.5 falls out of his pocket. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and then, Sean Payton Sean Payton here is just like, there's this like it's dust kind of just storm floating in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna go play some golf here, boss. And he yeah. just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> sneaks off into the shadows. Yeah. Um and that he's gonna be a great storyline to follow because Sean is a as no bullshit and as aggressive of a guy that I've been around in the NFL. I know there's probably a list of people that I'd say are just like they'll do whatever it takes to win whatever it mm-hmm. takes. You know what I mean? And an unbelievably competitive and he's in that small group. And so he's going to be fascinated to watch coming out of this because what happens in Miami after this year, I think it all comes down to wh- what Tua does, but and yep. how well he would level he can play at, but and how healthy he can stay. Um, but then Sean Payton, so he takes a year off. He's going to call games. He'll be good at it. And he's going to make whatever five or 10 million bucks. But then, you know, Cowboys, like what, where does Sean Payton like, kind of like slide into in seven months when the coaching carousel heats yeah. up again.
1: Yeah, he's going to have his pick after the year, you know, and that's kind of like, he's in a great spot because he can just sit back and at the end of the year, he's going to have his pick of the crop. Totally. But what's also interesting about the situation is, is how it all, like all the punishment falls on the Dolphins and the owners. Nothing falls on Don Yee, nothing falls on Brady. Sean Payton is just kind of like, like an outlier in this thing it's just his name is just in there you know and it's all in the dolphins super interesting
0: and i wonder if this is why sean payton was under contract with from what i understand nobody tom brady his rights were held by tampa bay which is why it's tampering but he was retired retired.
1: yeah it's interesting
0: again when i say like brady's willing to do whatever it takes and straddle the line that's the line i'm talking about
1: right also tampering is such a like a broad word like so broad yeah. tampering.
0: Well, let's stay in Miami for this next little piece here. And this is the uh, Brian, uh, Brian Flores, who's a coach. And I've spent time with this guy. This guy's a total stud. Um, mm-hmm. And and what went down there. And so Brian Flores uh, alleged that Ross, uh, Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 in 2019, well, offered him $100,000 for every loss. Okay. So the investigation also found that Ross offered the hundred grand for every loss. Um, Uh, which there were differing recollections about the wording, timing, and context was not intended or taken to be a serious offer, nor was subject pursued in any respect by Mr. Ross or anyone else at the club. So this was the language off of this where it basically, you know, this was the allegation that that Brian Ross had said, hey, look, basically the owner came in and said, I'll give you 100 racks for every loss trying to throw – the season, okay? This happens in baseball. We've seen this happen in basketball. Like, talk to a baseball fan, which it is not me. I can't stand baseball. But talk to a mm-hmm. baseball fan who loves baseball, and they all talk trash on the game. Because of, like, stuff like this. And mm-hmm. right now, the NFL has never been more competitive. Like, if you ask 10 NFL starting quarterbacks, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl and you can't pick yourself? You might get eight answers. Yeah, there's right? no clue. It's not, like, down to these two teams. We'll see. Full shit. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. So Mm -hmm. it's never been this competitive. And it's never been this, like, pure. Like, nobody thinks those guys cheat all the time. Like, you know what I mean? It's pretty freaking, like, fair. And so when you have one team throw this deal, you're setting, I I think this is unprecedented as well, um, you're setting yourself up. So like this like really collapse you know really tarnish the shield the NFL shield which you and I have heard for the, our whole lives like the shield is much mm-hmm. bigger than any player or any team, um I mean how about how about that you've been on bad teams I've been on bad teams uh, I've gone two and fourteen before um, yeah this one was gnarly
1: yeah it's super gnarly and I the, when I read this and I look at this I can just picture it happening in a a pass by conversation you know he probably said it out of out of touch like oh. I mean, we're already losing. I'll give you another hundred grand every time we lose, you know, if we can get the first round pick, you know, we get a high first rounder. And it just says it in passing and probably means it a little bit. And Flores hears that and and probably just doesn't feel his support for that. And it's like you said with the shield, you know, you look at other sports, you look at football, you look at basketball, you look at baseball. Basketball and baseball, you can see the players have a little bit more power and they can make rule changes in the league. They can have stuff switched up and they just have more power from the pa standpoint but with football i feel like the shield is all powerful and to a to a good extent you know i think that's what keeps it so even that's what what keeps it so competitive from the years but i mean this is wild and then you look at the dolphins record that year right dolphins were 5 and 11 that year that allegedly came out and Steven Ross is offering 100 grand a game, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bengals go 2 and 14 that year. They get Joe Burrow. They go to the Super Bowl. 3 more losses, 300 grand. If you're Steven Ross, is it worth it?
0: 300 grand in my sleep. That's what's yeah. crazy about this is they had the 5th pick and they took Tua. Bengals had the first pick. This whole time that that this allegedly happened when he said this to Flores, I mean, at this time, we're watching Joe Burrow at LSU do things that hadn't been done before. He broke a bunch of college football records, right? Mm-hmm. Completion percentage record, yards record, touchdown record. Uh, they go 15-0. and 0. So, you know, you, you're sitting here going, we're one of the worst te- – you're the owner. We're one of the worst teams in the league, right? We're going to have a top five pick. This year more so than other years, like – Having the first pick versus the third pick is a massive deal here. Massive. This is, in a lot of people's eyes, was a one-man draft. This Mm -hmm. past draft, Trayvon, I don't even know his name. Trayvon, who's the guy that Jaguars took?
1: Oh, the dude from Georgia, 44. I don't know his name either. Perfect example. Trayvon (laughs) Walker Wilson. I think so. Something like that. But he was also like a guy who didn't have a bunch of sacks. wasn't like the The stats were nobody great, knew he you know? was gonna be
0: the first pick till right before it happened. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so my point is like, it was kind of Baker Mayfield was the first pick that year. We didn't even know he was going number one till two days before. And you and I were yep. living, you were living with Josh and Sam at that time. You know what I mean? Yep. So like sometimes the draft, we don't know. Burroughs year, it was Joe's going number one by about 10 games after? into that college season. That was kind of yep. set. So when this whole mm-hmm. thing's happening, you're sitting here. There's a lot on the table here if you're Steven Ross. I am not justifying this. But this – like you said, I could see it happening like this. Like, yeah, I could see it happening. By the way, those of you who are watching this, we're not going to be dropping like, so here's what happened. You know what I mean? Where we're going to be like <laughs> yeah. breaking the news. Like, no, no, no. This is all our own opinions. But I could totally see it happening the exact same way. Kind of like a dude on your team, like kind of hollering at a girl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, i kind of shot my shot right i could see steven kind of shooting his shot with flores which is just not the guy to do it with because if you know anything about brian flores this dude is a freaking winner he's a competitor Mm -hmm. the year before they were bad that year they were bad and he figured out a way to like you know what i mean win five games
1: even even last year they started off two and something two and six two and seven and they they rallied back to like yeah, they won six or seven in a row. Yeah, so
0: that's just not the coach to do that with. Um, if if he did it, um, but it was a it's a gnarly one to follow because I mean this is the competitive nature, and if you look at it, let's let's say that let's let's play this out. Let's say Brian Flores goes, you got it, right? And Miami has the number one pick, and they take Joe Burrow. It's a pretty similar receiving core now, especially with Tiger yeah. and Kill. And It's yeah, a much better tight end too. than Uzoma. You got Gusecki there. Gusecki, yep. Yeah, it's a really good defense. It's kind of like a one-team division right now with Buffalo. We'll see who who else does, you know, see what happens this year. But, I mean, it's kind of gnarly to play that out. Now, I was training Joe Burrow for the draft that year, and I know Miami wanted to do whatever they could do to get to the number one pick. I think everyone knows that. And I also know that Mike Brown, I've known him a long time, the owner of the Bengals, you could have offered him whatever you want. That yeah. dude wasn't getting rid of that pick to go draft his – he loves drafting Ohio kids, and this is the Ohio kid. So it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Now, here's one thing that could have remedied this entire situation. If Miami would have just taken Justin Herbert with the fifth pick, they wouldn't have been in any of this situation
2: Yeah,
1: because there's but people would be, who would yeah. take
0: Justin over Joe. I, and I'm not one of them, but there are people that would do that now.
1: Yeah, and it's just – you. that's such a looking back on it moment too. I know, but you that's be, what we you can do here, i'm just thinking back to when the chargers picked him and i'm sitting there like are we serious right now justin herbert like this is this is tough you know and and now looking back on it how wrong we were you know because you and me were talking about it before then too we were surprised and i think every year i wondered if he'd be
0: good i I, you could see it i mean he came and worked out a little bit like he can freaking it looks pretty cool coming out of his hand and he's enormous. Yeah. Um, I just, I w- I wasn't sure if it was going to connect all the way through and it has in a really quick way and they love him there and quick. I'm a big fan of his. So
1: me too, man. It's okay yeah. to be wrong every now
0: and then. And, um, cool. Just don't let anybody know. We won't. We're not, we're not going to share this with anybody. Right. Yeah. This conversation okay. this is private. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So next up, let's talk about hard knocks, right? It's August, whatever football started, had the hall of fame game the other day. It's like, all right, it's here. It's here. I got it. Mm-hmm. My my son, Ford, he's got his flag football. We like pick the team name, starting to get the uniforms together. Like football's here, right? Um, but it's not really here till Hard Knocks starts. I grew up on Hard Knocks watching it. Um, I've been on Hard Knocks. You've been on all or nothing. Uh, so August 9th with the Detroit Lions set to premiere. Um, and I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Like as a player, I I, I got my answer, but you, you go first. Like As a player in training camp, are you following Hard Knocks or no?
1: I've always watched Hard Knocks. I, I love Hard Knocks. I started watching it in college during training camp. You know, you're in college. You're trying to make it to the league. You're seeing Hard Knocks. You're seeing these guys that you look up to going through the stuff. They're They're in the dog days of training camp. They're grinding. They're sweating. They're up there all day. And I've... Watched it throughout the league, too, honestly, like when I have my off time in the middle of the day, like right now we're in camp right now. I have off time in the middle of the day. Once Hard Knocks comes out, like I'm watching it the day of that it comes out. I think it's awesome. Now, from a player perspective, I've never been on Hard Knocks. I was on All or Nothing, which All or nothing. They start with you week one of the season and they're with you throughout the entire season. And they got like you're in your quarterback room. They have a camera up in the top left corner at all times. They got people on the field at all times. And the best part about it is, is it's probably the same thing in hard knocks too, is you're in the quarterback room, you're hanging out, you're talking, whatever, you know, you could be talking about anything, especially when we were with cam, we could have been talking about anything in there. And all of a sudden you'll catch it out of the corner of your eye. That camera will go and move and point right at you. And everyone will just go silent. And we could be, we could just be talking scheme and talk about ball, but everyone is just on their toes because they're like, I'm not trying to get called out right now. All that film goes to somebody and somebody's got to cut through it and decide what makes it and what's not.
0: So somebody owns it per- and it's not me.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I don't know where his office is either. So
0: Yep. yeah, we were on hard knocks uh, with the Bengals. If anybody remembers the Chad Johnson year, I still think I, I heard this um, from somebody that it was still the number one season they've ever done. I believe it. Numbers. It was uh, when Chad was talking about kiss the baby and child, please. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a couple of things w- were fascinating about that. So um, I actually, fortunately at the time, unfortunately in the big picture, I, I promoted an app that my buddy and I had started called run P and I became like still to this day, every now and then a couple times a year, somebody will go, Oh, Jordan, Palmer, Oh, the run, the uh, P run guy. Like, yeah. so it's stuck. Right. But, um, it's, it's popped up, but, um, I promoted something on there and like the website crashed. Like, it's crazy how many people watch that. You know oh what my. I mean? And yeah. it's also crazy how powerful that is for branding. So Chad Cinco carried that show for us. He was so funny. I mean, he was just acting. He didn't act any different than he did ever. I mean, he just mm-hmm. allowed the cameras in and he he's just like that funny. But um, people don't realize the Bengals fans hated him before that. He had asked for a trade. He had made a comment to Jerry Jones like in the tunnel. It was big news where he's like, hey, come get me. Like something along the lines like, hey, come trade for me. Um and he was like kind of being a punk the year before about like, you know, not I don't remember exactly. I just remember like he had he was like over playing for the Bengals and the fan base was like over him, they're booing him and all that stuff. And then Hard Knocks comes out and uh and he just completely rebranded himself. I don't even I'm not even giving him all the credit to say that he did it on purpose. It just was unbelievable for him to be able to just completely change the narrative. And so I've seen it be that case. But the reason I asked you if you watch it is because every training camp, I played like nine years, nine training camps, every training camp, we're watching, I'm watching Hard Knocks. Everybody's watching Hard Knocks. But here's the deal. When you're on Hard Knocks, this was a trip. So if I remember correctly, I was on the Bengals, and it came out on Wednesday nights. You're watching, we all go back to our room. It's not like we get to watch a preview of it. We're just watching it live, right? And you better believe every single person in that building who no one's seen a cut. I think it's like the head coach and the owner gets to see a cut. Everybody is like, you know, you could be the assistant film guy, and you that that conversation you had, you know, could pop up on on this episode, good or bad. And so we were watching this live, like sitting now watching it live, and there's stuff from practice today, and you're like, what? Yeah, the day like that was this morning. That's crazy. And then the, the second thing is they make the simplest stuff look so sick, right? You see these hits and it's like, and it's like, dude, I don't even remember that hit.
2: Yeah, you're like, oh, i a walk through.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it looks so cool. And then the, so I've seen it change people's brand in a positive way like Chad. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we had a fullback named Jeremy Johnson. He actually went to the Pro Bowl uh, bef- the year before. But he had a tough time, you know. I, I don't know how to phrase it, but had a I think a eating problem, and so he had showed up way overweight to training camp, and he was trying, and he was I think at five a.m. the sweatsuit. He's running. He's doing this, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, I mean, I don't want to like break news here, but he he had. Uh, I came into the locker room, and he's. I'll just say, is having a confrontation with one of the directors. Very physical confrontation with one of the directors because they were making him look like a fat, lazy, unaccountable, which was not the case. He was a guy who was struggling to get everything in order and be able to really focus and do it. So as a teammate – and he was a great player, great teammate. Like I said, Pro Bowl fullback, great dude. He was trying really hard, and the show made him look – and that was bad. I don't. I don't. I think once he got cut, I don't think he ever played again. So I've seen that go both ways. So when I watched Hard Knocks, I watched through a little different lens because I'm watching your on <clears throat> what's like they always say we're going to use the famous people to get the the, the viewers to tune in, but they're going to stick around to see if that random guy makes the team yeah, or not.
1: There's always the random guy, and, and a lot of times it's a good story, but in some cases it can be a bad story. So when you're a part of it. And you see stuff like that going on, like how does that make you act? Like do you feel like you were more reserved? Do you feel like you're always looking over your shoulder? Like do you feel like you couldn't fully be yourself or were you just like screw it? You know me.
0: I just went switched right to business development mode. I got to know yeah. the producer. So in a small world here, I got to know Alicia Zubakowski. She was I think one of the directors, or one of the producers. Either way, she was a main role there. Um, shout out to Alicia. She now is a partner on and produces full send podcast and the pivot. Um, and has won a bunch of Emmys, done a bunch of stuff with Floyd Mayweather, but she was like, that was like one of her first gigs. It kind of like started off on hard knocks. And so, um, I was able to put a little spot for my company that I had, you know, was a part of and was able to steer clear of anything bad. And, um, so I had a little segment where it was showing how well I played in the game and the whole story behind. Me. So I switched to business development mode, but the other quarterback besides my brother, JTL Sullivan, who's a good buddy line. He was the one who's like, don't put that microphone on me. Don't have that camera come around me. I am not going to be on this show. And he yeah. literally could watch the entire season and think that it was just my brother and I, the only two guys in that room. Because I oh. was backing my brother up for the Bengals that year for anybody who. Hasn't connected those dots. And so there's just different ways to go about it. And then I'm also going to call this guy out. Donnie Jones became significantly more vo- vocal than he ever had before. So there's this linebacker who's a really good player, really good leader, good dude. All of a sudden he's breaking it down every time. And so it just Damn. brings out like <laughs> the best and then maybe like not the best in, it, in everybody.
1: It's always one way or the other, I feel like. I feel like people are just scared of it and they're like, I'm not going to try at all. Like I need to get away from this. Like. I don't want to mess this up. And then there's people who are like, this is my opportunity. Like I need to show myself. And it's just crazy because they are there like from the second you step into the building till you go back to your dorm room. And sometimes they're in your dorm room, they're in your hotel room filming and it's just, and during training camp for a guy that's on the bubble too, one of the most stressful times of his career, like every year for guys on the bubble in training camp is like, the most stressful time of your life and then add some cameras to it and the whole country watching and then you're watching it with the country that night too it's crazy man
0: yeah and stars are born out of it too right so chad got to ocho single got to like re-emerge as this thing that he was um and i referenced to honey you know it's kind of like his personality really came out perfect timing like he also ended up I think we worked on Travel Channel had a show called Danni Tackles the Globe, and he like traveled the world and did all this. Like he got a show out of it. Here's my prediction for this year. So it's Detroit Lions starting August 9th. Mm-hmm. People are finally going to get a chance to see one of the most fascinating dudes, and also low key one of the best young players at his position in the league in Ra Saint Brown. People are going to get yep. a chance to learn about Amundroff. Ra born in Germany, one of three brothers. His dad's former Mister Olympia, like multiple times. He speaks fluent German. Uh, went to USC. He was a fourth round pick and was one of the best receivers last year as a rookie. He's going to go off this year. Um, crazy work ethic, crazy folk. He he's, I think as long as he doesn't do the JTL Sullivan and go stay away from me. And I don't think he will. Um, yeah. then people are going to go, he, there's just going to be a bunch of people who become fans of Amon Ross. St. Brown. That's my prediction on, on this year's hard knocks. Jared Goff, this is his second time on there. We're going to see more of where he's at. Probably highlight yeah. his fiance more now and all that stuff. and, I've you know been a big Jared Goff fan since I met him at Elite 11 when he was freaking 15, but um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see any surprises out of Jared or anything like that. I think the coach is going to have some weird-ass yeah. one-liners
1: for People sure. People are going to love it, though. People are going to love the coach, man. Dan Campbell, he's going to sound amazing. like
0: Pat McAfee, you know what I mean? Just like
1: a yeah, little over-the-top, amazing one-liners. Yeah, but a serious Pat McAfee, like real deal, like means every word of what he says.
0: Yeah, he to be like no. WWE style, so... All right, last little thing here. You and I are golfers, right? You got that golfer's journey Pink Floyd collab hat on, I see right there. Um, out, sure and by right. the way, shout out to Kyle Allen, who just went real low this offseason. I mean, mm. multiple sub 75s out of you. I mean, that was eh,
1: big time. one, but we'll take it. 74.
0: Personal we can miss. edit that out. It, yeah, yeah. But no, but went 74, went low this year. Let's shift over to golf here. Tiger Woods turned down between 700 and 800 million to join the Live Tour. What do we think about that? I don't care how much money you have.
1: I mean, so this is how I look at it. I don't care how much money you have too. Like that's crazy. Seven to 800 million. He's already a billionaire. I know one billionaire. I don't know how much money, how much money means to him. You know, like how much more can you have after that? What more can you do with another billion? When I look at this, I think Tiger is just strictly protecting legacy here. He's protecting the PGA Tour. All of his wins are on the PGA Tour at the highest level at these historic places. He's protecting legacy. If he goes to the Live Tour and goes and plays on that, he's essentially saying it doesn't matter where you play, you're playing for money. So he has the best legacy in golf, probably the best legacy out of any athlete of all time. He's protecting that heavy here. So I get it personally by a a person who isn't already a billionaire. I'm taking that money every day. Yeah, I
0: think it's a great point. It's a legacy play. Make sure that those things live forever, no pen intended on live, that they live forever. And the second point I would make is let's say it's 800 million, is that number going to go down in a year or two, or is that number going to go up in a year or two? And I don't see why it goes down. So, very true. um,
1: So, that's it. Yeah. First segment, uh, moving on. Yeah, let's get into it. So, next segment, we got Throw It Deep or Check It Down. So, Another quarterback play here. Yeah, so throw it deeper, check it down. Uh, Quarterbacks, major play-action offenses, which is basically the whole NFL here. This is your read on play-action. You're coming off the fake. You're looking deep. If he's deep, you're throwing it. If he's open, if not, you're checking it down to the running back. You're checking it down to the flat. And don't hate on checkdowns. We love checkdowns. Okay, mm. checkdowns should check down, be Charlie. the most part of the offense. Shout out to Chris McCaffrey, twenty nineteen checkdowns four days. And so here we're gonna go over some topics. We're gonna go over some different um, things that people said in the media. Maybe different things that were said around uh, the world, and just say our opinion on them. Throw it deep. That means we're taking it. We love we love the take here. It's a hot take, but we love it. Check it down. Eh, I don't know how much we feel about it, but we still love checkdowns. So let's get into it. All right. We got Robert Sala here talking about his backup quarterback, Joe Flacco. He says, Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback in this league. He is really, really talented. And so, Jordan, you've played in the Joe Flacco era. I've played in kind of the end of the Joe Flacco era. What's your take on this?
0: Presently today, I, and I'm, I, I'm a huge Joe Flacco fan. Uh, I'm not going to say I've played against him, but as a Bengal, when he's a Raven, I've played, whatever, been on the team that he's playing against, backing up, backing up the guy, whatever, played against Joe Flacco a ton. Been on the wrong end of that. Big fan of his. I'm checking it down. There's 32 of these jobs. The pipeline, the hopper right now on young talent in college. There's some young talent who are number twos on other teams. Um, And then against his age and his drive, he's made a ton of money. He's married. He's got kids. He's done all that stuff, multiple teams. Like, where's he at right now? I think he's, like, from Jersey, and he's, like, living in Jersey, right? So it's, like, he's kind of, like, home so i i don't know i i look at i look at and i say check it down i think it's an easy thing to say about a guy he's certainly Mm -hmm. talented enough and obviously mentally and all that stuff could go and do it um but i i don't i don't look at a team and i go they should trade for joe taco joe flacco and make him the starter you
1: yeah i i see what you're saying at that point i would say i'm gonna throw it deep on this one and strictly for one reason i think from a backup quarterback perspective, I've been backup most of my career. You look around the league, there's 32 teams, right? But there's probably another 16 quarterbacks in the league that are backups on teams who could go in and who could start and who could win games. And I think Joe Flacco, former Super Bowl MVP, 11 touchdowns, no picks that year. They won the Super Bowl. Obviously, he's a lot later in his career, but you can't like you can't substitute experience and i think Mm -hmm. if he needed to go in there and i don't know if the Jets like he played a bunch last year i don't know if the jets roster was was you know he needs a good roster around him to win but i think people don't realize that there is a lot of talent behind these starters in the league who if they had the opportunity to go out and play they would play well
0: i'll be the first one to say it houston is a perfect example of that next up we got
1: all right so we got next up we got jimmy ward with the san francisco 49ers um, in the media, he's talking about Brandon Ayuk. He says, "I feel like Brandon Ayuk is having the best camp out of everybody on the team, offense and defense." I'm just saying, BA is taking his game to another level. Jordan, we've been around Brandon. I think you've been around Brandon a little more than I have, but I've seen him. He's an Arizona State guy, right?
0: ASU, yeah, yeah I, I, let, I did his draft draft training two years ago, three years ago.
1: Yeah. So you you see Jimmy saying something like this. What what is your take on it?
0: Yeah, I, I'm. This is why they took him in the first round. So yeah. at, at Arizona state, he played
1: on the left.
0: Think about yeah. that. He played receiver oh on the left. He didn't even switch sides. He didn't go in motion. He didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just, mm-hmm. you run the system that the school you go to. His dad came here from Cameroon with like 150 bucks or something. He's like second generation. His parents like became like doc, I think one's a doctor and one's an engineer. Like it's like the incredible American dream. So, like, everything about – he's a great dude, got, you know, cute little family, all that stuff. But this dude's, like, 6'1", but he's got, like, a 6'8 wingspan. His arms, it's, like, the longest arm. It's almost awkward looking. And then after the catch, screen game. So, it was always at some point going to click. He got shit on his rookie year because he didn't produce. And then, you know, Debo came in and all this stuff. And why is it taking him so long? And it's like, listen – This guy, like, sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer. And for what he did at Arizona State, all the talent in the world, but that's a big difference playing at Arizona State, playing on the left, and then trying to play in Kyle Shanahan's system. So what I think is happening is it's clicking, and he – you know how it is, Kyle. When you are as a receiver and you're not really 100% sure on what you're supposed to do here, you don't run full speed. When you Mm -hmm. totally know what you're doing, you run full speed. And Brandon Ayuk's full speed is more than enough. So I'm – Throwing it deep on this one, and I'm throwing it deep to B.A.
1: Yeah, I'm throwing it deep every time. And just to see, you know, the kind of talent he had last year, too. I mean, you saw the rookie year, he struggled. Last year, he had some flashy plays. And then every time he's on the field, if they can get him the ball, he's having some type of flashy play. And I think you're right. The more comfortability you have within an offense, than the system, with the people around you, and then the more confidence the people have in you, your coaches, your teammates, the more they give you, The better you're going to play, the faster you're going to play. I'm throwing it deep every time. I love this. I'm happy for Brandon. I think Trey Lance and him are going to be great this year. They're saying it's Trey Lance's favorite target right now. I don't blame him at all. So good for Brandon. Uh, Next up with the NFL. So this year, 2023, um, way more alternate helmets coming out for the NFL. The Eagles, the Texans, us. you saw the red helmets in camp. I know you did. The Jets, a bunch of other guys are having these new helmets come out. I love it. I mean, I don't even want to throw it to you because I'm throwing this deep every time. I think that was the coolest part about college was when we were, especially when I was at A&M, when we had all those different uniforms, we had the craziest uniforms. And when you show up on game day and you have a different uniform, that just gives you a little extra juice, a little extra energy, feels more like game day, feels more like it's a special game, even if it's not. So I'm throwing it deep on this one. What's your thought?
0: Hey, I am throwing it deep, but everything in moderation, right? Like one of the things that's Like this can't happen. This can't turn into Oregon where like there's no consistency. It's always different. Like the Packers have got to be the Packers. The Bears have got to be the Bears. Now you want to switch up the helmets one week for sure. I think it'd be sick. I love the – my favorite uniform I ever wore was the old school throwback Bears uniforms. That was like the coolest Mm -hmm. one. You want to talk about simple. That's as simple as it gets. That's like damn near Penn State. And so I'm I'm throwing it deep on this but everything in moderation.
1: What are your color rush thoughts? you like the color rush? I never wore a color
0: rush. Thursday night color rush? Um, but yeah, I think some guys Three look cycles? like absolute clowns and some look just abs- <laughs> so sick. You know what I mean? You get, you get an offensive well, lineman in like, a forest in and yellow races. Seahawks color rush. And it's like, man, that poor guy can't wait to get out of that outfit. It feels
1: like a, like a costume, <laughs> not a uniform. So. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. All right. Next one. We got Will Compton um, from Busted with the boys, old linebacker, played a bunch of teams. Um, he said, the perfect vet move during training camp. Finesse all of camp with an upper body injury and be ready for week one. Controversial take. Jordan, what's your thought?
0: Oh, I've seen a lot of really good players do it, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, if the, the the game is so much easier now, and like the training camps are so much easier. But like it used to be two a days, you know what I mean? And like two full mm-hmm. practices a day. I mean, way back, it was more than that. But um, yeah. Seen a bunch of guys do this, and I mean, this comes, This is a league about how uh, you got to be available on Sundays and you got to play at a high level. And I don't think anybody faults anybody who does that.
1: So, yeah. By the way, older guys love to say how hard training camp used to be. I mean, everyone my says that. Everyone loves to talk about it too. The other thing too is yes. that creates
0: an opportunity for a young guy too. So I, I don't see it as a, like a lose lose. I, th- I see it as a win win.
1: No, I think it's it's whoever it's whoever you are. I'm throwing it deep on this too. You got to know who you are on the team, though. I think one of our coaches says it here is be who you can afford to be. Mm. So if you can afford to have an upper body injury and sit out all training camp, go for it. I think it's a great move. All right. Next one, throw it deeper. Check it down. Dan Orlovsky with probably the hottest take of the day. I don't know how you feel about this one, but red wine, all kinds of red wine. Doesn't matter. Should be drank chilled with ice cubes in it.
0: If I want quarterback advice, I go to Dan. If I want parenting advice, I would definitely go to Dan. Triplet boys and then a girl. Great dad. Rock star dude. Dan's my boy. Um, if I want drinking advice, I'm not going to go to Dan. Uh, after this, for sure. Uh, definitely. And this just cements that. So ice in wine?
1: No. I no, Absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a wine connoisseur, but you're throwing ice cubes in a, in a red wine? Maybe he knows something we don't know, but I'm fully checking this one Tom.
0: Maybe he does, and I'm betting that he doesn't.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) All right, last one. Throw it deeper. Check it down. Uh, Bloomberg um, posted this in an article. They said podcast guests are paying up to fifty thousand dollars to appear on popular shows. Jordan, you've had a lot more experience in the media world than I have so far. What's your thought on this?
0: So I want to understand this. So this is just saying that like guests are paying fifty grand to be on certain people's podcasts.
1: Yeah. I think for like a big time podcast or someone who has a lot of following, they're paying this amount to promote whatever they're doing.
0: Well, so I just think it's like math, right? My, my past life was in like e-commerce and, um, and so if, if you're going to get a bajillion impressions and you're going to promote your thing on there or your book on there or your own podcast on there, um, then yeah, I mean, that's a great district. It's a distribution platform is really what it is. So, like when I go on Colin Cowherd, they don't pay me, I don't pay them, but it's great marketing for this or, or Dan Patrick or any of these, because they have a built-in distribution. There's a bunch of people that tune in and listen to it. And I mean, how many times have we said, like, have we shared some Rogan podcast on our little text that mm-hmm. we have with guys, you know what I mean? I'm like, do you check this out? So it's an amazing way to, to do that. So if somebody can get a return on 50K, then it's worth 50K. <laughs> so that's kind of Yeah, to I,
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's, it's all about math at this point, you know, it's like, what, what podcast are you on? You know, if you're paying 50 grand to be on Rogan, I'm sure people would pay a lot more to be on Rogan or some other podcast like that too. And I think the return is totally worth it. So I'm throwing it deep on that one too. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was our first throw it deeper, check it down. You know, I think we agreed on a lot of things but some things we didn't agree on too. I think there's going to be a lot more to come with that and a lot more interesting takes by people in the world. People got some hot takes these days.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to go, just just cause he's my boy, I'm gonna throw an ice cube and a crappy glass of red wine a little later today and just make sure I'm not wrong. But we'll see. Smart. Maybe you learn maybe we'll learn something. Smart move. All right. First guest, this is episode one. This is guest one, and we are fired up to have Desmond Ritter, Atlanta Falcons, right in the middle of training camp. Welcome to the room, Des.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, we've known we've known each other a while. Um a lot of dot connecting here um, we've spent a lot of time working together you and Kyle uh, represented by the same agency you guys have spent a lot of time on the field together throwing together um, as a college player as a draft guy and then uh, as a vet this offseason and um, and yeah we're going to be able to dive into a couple of things here but I think everybody knows who you are who's watching this show but let's kind of pull up some highlights here uh, let's start with this first segment which is teach tape um and these are the things that this is where you you might blush a little bit because we're just going to kind of dap you up um but i i think the the way that this position is going uh the quarterback's ability to create time and space sometimes that's a subtle movement in the pocket sometimes that's making somebody miss sometimes that's breaking a tackle whatever it is there's a lot of different ways to do it um that's really where this position is going and has been going for a while so desmond ritter uh Four four nine four five flat, whatever it ended up being at the Combine, 37-inch. Uh, so, an unbelievable athlete. We see him get loose here a bunch throughout your career. Um, so, the athleticism, the arm talent, all that stuff's been there. Um, but I think Kyle, as an older NFL vet looking at and evaluating young guys, um, I know when I do it, I'm assuming it's the same thing with you, the stats that are more relevant than yards and touchdowns is – when dudes are winners, right? And, uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. It does. It was 26 and zero at home, never lost a home game and, uh, ended up college as the third winningest quarterback in college football history. Um, so incredible run there Four year starter, freshman, uh, newcomer of the year. And then, uh, offensive player of the year junior and senior year. Went, uh, with third round to a great spot. I've got to imagine you're fired up to be there. Um, Kyle, what else, what are some other highlights?
1: Yeah, I know. I like to see all of your highlights, like your great stuff, like, you know, in college, you won all these games, but I, you know, I want to see where it started. So uh, we see this Instagram of you back in the day. I don't know what year this was. You can tell us what year this was, but is this you as a freshman?
3: Yeah, that's me. I think uh, right in 2017. Okay. 2017. What was your
1: weight here? You think?
3: Uh, it was like one like seventy nine.
1: One seventy nine. All right. Yeah. Okay. So this is before. What is this early summer workouts probably? Yeah. Alright, early summer workouts. Then we get to the after.
0: Yeah, shout out strength coach.
1: Yeah, shout out Good. Coach Brady Lord. Collins
3: and and his whole uh strength staff down there at UC cause you know they be doing everything to get our bodies right.
1: Yeah, so what do you think you put on? Fifteen pounds, twenty pounds?
3: Uh no, nah, cause that was I think that was three years later maybe. Um, And by that time, it was, yeah, 25, 30 pounds.
1: Oh, so this is freshman to senior year.
3: No, this was like, this might have been redshirt junior year, like the start of redshirt junior year.
1: You look a lot better than I did. I'll tell you Mm what. I remember (laughs) I graduated early. I don't know if you did this, but I graduated early to be there early. And my high school strength staff was our head coach who wanted us just to do hand cleans every day and nothing else. And I got there and I was so out of shape and I was like tubby and I was first like living on my own. So I'll go get canes every day. I'll go to all those fast food and every like for the first two weeks, I just threw up every workout. I was in Uh, awful shape.
3: Yeah. For, for us, it was like, you know, coming in, I, I did, uh, you know, a good amount of working out, but the difference between high school, you know, workout and a college workout is completely different. So, You know, we came into Cincinnati that summer in 2017. And, you know, where we practice, we have a bubble around um, our practice field. And our our basketball arena was getting redone. And our locker room is underneath that. So, we couldn't be in the locker room and weight room and stuff. So, they moved the weight room out to the bubble. And when we got in there our freshman year, like first two weeks of workouts, they didn't have AC pumping in the bubble. It was Mm. like... 105 inside yeah. like oh it was tough
1: yeah middle of the summer your first time there you weren't allowed in the locker room so they probably had the showers like in a like a shower cart outside the indoor I remember we had that our locker room was getting redone so we would work out in the indoor and we had like a cardboard box built essentially with our lockers and then you walk out and you had a like a trailer that was for showers and you'd walk out in your towel in the parking lot and go into the trailer for the showers. It was unbelievable,
3: man. Yeah, that's why. The
1: other thing
0: that fans don't realize too is that like college football off seasons, that's the hardest you'll ever work. Like you'll never train like that as an NFL player. High school, they probably get in trouble if they worked you that hard. So like the mat drills and ironically it was in March. This is like in the time of year where we just don't need to be in great shape. But across the board, mm-hmm. man, college, like, that's the hardest you'll ever work. Like, I did both of your run tests with you guys this off season, And it was like, and I'm, like, not mm-hmm. even in shape. And it was like, hey, it was fine. You know, and Kyle's yeah. is way harder. But, by the way, Doug. but
3: Yeah, no, ours was pretty smooth. Yeah. Um,
0: mm. But college, man, it was just no joke. So, anyways, incredible college career, incredible uh, uh, transformation uh, on the social media side of things. Uh, and fired up to have you here. All right, let's get into this thing.
1: Yeah, man. Fired up to have you. So let's give everyone a little context, Um, even for me, too. I don't even know how you met Jordan. What was uh, your first experience meeting Jordan? How did you get to start training with him? Uh,
3: So, you know, my first experience wasn't even, you know, personal with Jordan. It was, you know, back when I was a a younger kid, maybe in high school, uh, maybe even a little early on than that, you know, just seeing his name, working with guys like Blake Burtles and just seeing him, you know, on TV, and you know, obviously, myself knowing that I wanted to be an NFL quarterback, I knew that you know not only JP but you know his brother Carson, you know, were great quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, that was someone who I've always wanted to work with. And then obviously, just seeing you know the people that he's worked with, you know, since then, and all the success that they've had in their league. I you know coming up, I was like, you know, why would you not want to work with this guy? But you know, for me. It, it was going through when, you know, the NIL and, you know, almost, um, you know, just the recruiting part of college once you're in the trying to go to the NFL of agencies. Um, and I, I met, you know, our agent Kyle, Brian McLaughlin, um, and, and he got me really connected, you know, personally with, with JP. Um, and then ever since then, it's, it's just been taking off.
0: Yeah. You know, um, spent a lot of time together heading into that senior year and then a lot more time since then. Um, and I always say, cause I want to be right, right? Like when I'm, when I'm working with guys, I want to be right. I want to like Kyle Allen's a perfect example, not just cause we're doing this right now, but people will listen to me because I have, I can sit here and go, listen, I told everybody about Kyle Allen and you guys all passed on him and then came back and said, Jordan, would you see, cause we didn't see it that way. And it's great. Right. Like, so he's like the case study on like, no, you ought to hear me out on this one. Cause I've, I've found some diamonds in the rough, so to speak. But but on I want to be right on on picking guys. So for me, I always look at whether it's like taking on a guy like Kyle, who is going to be undrafted or taking on a guy like Des at that point in your career where I don't know, we don't know what what was going to happen. Uh, I look at two things. I look at confidence and I look at maturity before I look at anything else. And so ironically, here we go. There's two of you guys. And Des, I think from the jump, it was very, very mature, the approach. Um, not, Maturity is not tucking in your shirt and saying yes, sir, no, sir. Maturity is can I put you in a new situation you've never been in before? And are you just poised and present, can handle it consistently well all the time? As if you're like always been in that situation. And then confidence is, is you know, is it self-generated? Is it independent of the environment? Do I really not give a shit what anybody thinks or believes or are saying about me? Because this is what I believe about myself. And so I've known that about Kyle since you were young. and. So I've just kind of figured this is gonna end up working itself out one way or another and then here you are. Um and then with Des it was like, Wow, do that at this age with the physical stuff. This is gonna go really, really well for you. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Let's go back to Cincinnati. Go ahead. Uh, you got some, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I got one. Yeah, Des. So when we talk about confidence like that. I think that's probably the first thing I noticed with you is being around you, is just it's a quiet, calm confidence. Where do you like think that comes from? Because I know you and Claire together, you have a child now too. You have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders with helps. But like, I feel like you've always had that from a young age, just being around you. Where do you think it comes from?
3: Yeah, you know, I think it, it really stems from, you know, just being, you know, a younger kid. And um, I was always young for my grade as far as age wise and talk about the classroom. Um, but I was always the tallest. I was always, you know, the, the biggest guy in the class. And so, I had to like, you know, kind of act, you know, a year or two above me um, than what I really was. And so, you know, from that, I just carried myself in like more of a mature way, you know, ever since I was a younger kid all the way up until now. Um, But and then, you know, it just came with the work too, like, oh, you know, you're good at this. You're good at this. You're good at that. And, you know, my mom obviously kept me humble, but, you know, making sure that I'm not out there, you know, being cocky, but confident um and so i would say it stems back from that
1: very cool yeah it's awesome do you think having your child now beautiful child she's the most smiley little cute little girl thank you do you thank think you. do you think having her has you know made you mature quicker made you grow up quicker because you know you had her in college correct you've seen you yeah. you had her yeah. mm-hmm. and I mean, that's just a level of responsibility that I don't know. You know, Jordan has two kids, he knows it, but it's just a different level of responsibility. How do you think that made you mature quicker?
3: Yeah, um, like you said, I mean, obviously everyone, you know, kind of has to mature like that once you once you have a child. Um, but no, you know, it doesn't come overnight. Um, there are a lot of things that obviously, as new parents, you have no clue of. Um, some things, you know, your parents might tell you, or friends might tell you, but, you know, obviously there's, there's obstacles with, you know, having a kid, um, you know, at any age, um, us being younger, you know, we took it as a challenge just cause we like challenges and, you know, she's been, you know, the, the best part of our lives and have not only made us, you know, better people, but better parents as well.
0: Um, <clears throat> for a young man, you got a lot to be proud of and a lot of cool stuff has already happened for you. Um, and when you end college and go to the league, it's so, you have such little time to reflect on what just happened, even if you just won the national title. I mean, it's just on to the, I've worked for the draft training with two players that were coming off a national title wins. And it's like, they don't even have, the the parade ends and it's like, they don't even have time, they're on to the next thing, right? And Deshaun and Joe. Um, So with you, you guys had a crazy run, um, but you didn't even get a chance to reflect. I want to pull apart like one thing that's like low key, really, really cool, right? So, you know, like you won a bunch of games and then they're going to make money and they're going to probably like redo parts of the facility and that stuff always happens. Um, But from a recruiting perspective, And I would say you – I know you picked to go there, but very fortunate to play for, I think, one of the most impressive coaches in football right now, Luke Fickle. Um, But I'm not saying it's you, but there's a lot of culture that's changed there since University of Cincinnati. University of Cincinnati is very, very different in the post-Desmond Ritter era than they were in the pre-Desmond Ritter and Co., right, and others area. So, so many recruits – and I'm in this space – they look at places and, you know, schools say, hey, look, we can – we can get you to the league. You know, look how many top picks we've had. Look how many top. And so, I mean, as a kid, any no matter who you are, where you come from, like, I'm listening to that. Or if you have nothing, then, like, I'm paying attention to that. So you guys were third last year in draft picks uh, behind LSU and Georgia, which makes sense. Um, you had nine players drafted. You had five players drafted in the first three rounds. Like, do you guys, do you guys realize how much you changed that place? Like, Georgia, LSU, Cincinnati on the NFL that's not a lucky year. That's not like, you know, stringing them together, beating a bunch of nobodies and then getting to the playoff. Like we've seen some non, non power, you know, or whatever non sec schools do, but like you guys realize how much you changed that place.
3: Um, you know, we do and we don't, um, you know, you see it in the, I want to call it the exterior part of it. Just the fact that, you know, our freshman year, you could count how many fans were in the stands at the games. Um, and, and then all the way to the, the past two seasons my junior and senior year um, selling out every single home game um, so from that aspect you know we see that we're changing it and it, and it changed and and obviously like you talked about the the new locker rooms and the new buildings that are supposed to be coming and everything um, the, the conference change coming next year um, you know there, there was a lot of a lot of different things that yeah you could say that was you know from us or what we did but Um, you know it's also been the guys that were there before us and you know worked to get to this point Um, but you know for me I'm excited to to kind of see what the guys do and I know they just got to camp the other day um, but you know excited to see what they do this year.
0: And follow up to that what type of confidence I mean you got drafted to a team that has been really good in the past they're not coming off you know they got a new coach two years ago in the Atlanta Falcons Um, I don't remember what happened last year I honestly don't know what the record was but like an opportunity to come in here and build something here, right? Some a new, new, a lot of new, new players there, some talented young, but new players. Um, and uh, the GM, the head coach, these guys have all been there just for a couple of years now. So this is, this is a chance to kind of like get back. I mean, what type of experience w- with that experience, what type of confidence does that bring? And I understand that they've announced Marcus Mariota as the starting quarterback and all of that. We're in respect, all of that. But, it, you know, being in that locker room, does that give you, s- give you some juice to kind of, or at least to help you create some vision for like, hey, this is how you can actually get things going in the right direction?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and, you know, we say it every day at practice, you know, we can really feel something, you know, not only, you know, within each and every one of us, but our team as a whole. Um, And, you know, just being in that locker room, getting to know the guys. um, Obviously, me and Marcus have a great relationship, just working off one another, making each other better. Um, and then, you know, I think that's ultimately going to make the team better. Um, and so for me, it's really just about going in there and, um, you know, doing what I can every single day to, to not only get myself better, but to make Marcus better. Um, and, and, you know, I think our relationships that we developed with, you know, not only the players, but the coaches as well. Um, it's going to be a real fun season for us.
1: All right, Dez. So I'm scrolling Twitter this morning in the hot tub early, trying to get my body right. Davis Mills, our quarterback here, has got me working out at 6 a.m. So it's been a struggle for me. But scrolling through this morning, and I see a video of a fight from training camp. And everyone knows, like, people will probably freak out when they see those videos of fights. So they're like, oh, what the, like, this is terrible team camaraderie. Everyone that's been in a football locker room knows that fights happen in training camp all the time. It's a part of training camp. My question to you is, I saw a red jersey far off to the left. Were you in the fight, or were you backed up?
3: No, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't in the fight right there. Have you ever joined a fight? Nah, I've pulled some people off of fights, but nah, I let my play through the talking.
1: Yeah, that's a smart move. We were having a conversation the other day about how we need to up our up our rep in the quarterback room. So Davis was gonna start a fight in the middle of practice, but he never uh, did. He this, just done,
3: did, but... did this. Did this stem from Josh?
1: Oh, I did see Josh. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Josh is Man. Very that, that reminded me I of Cam Newton. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Cam Newton and yeah, um, again, Josh yeah, Norman? And Josh too? Norman. Yeah. Yeah. Except, except uh, Josh Allen decided he wanted to take on a D lineman. Yeah. Crazy. But it's all experiences as a training camp, right? And I think as a rookie, training camp is different, way different in the NFL than it is in college. You know, it doesn't matter what pick you are. It doesn't matter what round you are. Um, it's just different and you kind of have to earn your way onto the team and you have to earn your respect on the team. And that comes with a little bit of hazing. And I think hazing is a kind of like a weird term to use nowadays. It's kind of looked down upon, but it's not exactly hazing. It's bringing the team together. And my question to you is, have you sang your rookie song yet?
3: I did. I did. I sang it last week. What was your song? Uh, Take it from the top. It was, um, (laughs) no, I can't take it from the top right now but, uh, no, it was, uh, beautiful girls by Sean Kingston. And I sang oh. it, I, I sang it with full heart, effort, soul. You left Man, it all on the stage? Rockin'. Yeah, I left it on the stage. I wasn't about to get booed on Hey, it. so Des and I you were, were
0: talking last week, uh, setting up to come on this. And Des was like, Hey, have you seen Carson Strong's rookie, uh, a hazing uh, song or whatever? I was like, no. Yes, we haven't talked since. I well I've watched that thing ten times. I was yeah. crying. Kyle, you gotta we you gotta see this.
1: What did he sing?
0: Nevada oh, by NBA Youngboy.
1: And yeah. he left it all on the stage <laughs> too. <laughs> they probably loved it though. He's in Philly, right? He's in Philly. Yeah, he's in Philly. Yeah, they Philly was goes hard with, with the songs. Philly goes hard with the songs. I got um Greg Ward plays there and he always posts like the songs on his Instagram story. And they like they make him stand up there and sing the whole entire song. Oh, here we go.
3: But see, we didn't have we didn't ours was a cappella. We didn't have no music behind it.
1: Yeah, that's mine. I sang, Jordan, i like I don't know if you sang or oh, not, yeah. but my saying um Alicia Keys. And I did the same thing. And the worst, the funniest part about it is too, is what people don't know is they get up there, you go, all right, everyone's like, name, signing bonus, and where you went to college. Yeah. So before me, DJ Moore goes, he was our first round pick that year. He was like, DJ Moore, Maryland, however many million dollars, right? He was like 9.1 million, everyone freaks out. So I go up next and I'm like, Kyle Allen, Houston, uh, 3.0 thousand (laughs) dollars. I would just started dying laughing.
0: <laughs> Three oh. grand. Oh
1: man. Yeah, the disparity is
0: ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right. So for the football side of things, um, they named Marcus Mariota the starter right there. Uh, just talk me through your your mentality, how you're going about it. Um, I don't. I know it doesn't change your approach to the game or anything, but like, where are you at right now? It's August seventh.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had two good weeks of camp. Um, You know, me and Marcus are, are, you know, he's running with the ones, I'm running with the twos. And, you know, I'm really just trying to get a a good, good grasp of the offense. So that, you know, if if something were to happen to him um, during the season, you know, knock on wood, uh, I come in and there's a seamless transition, um, you know, to be able to go in there and execute the offense efficiently. Um, But, you know, for me at camp right now, it's just about getting better every single day. Um, you know, not only trying to make myself better, but, you know, lead and make the team better, um, as a whole. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been great two weeks at camp. Uh, I think we got, we're on, we're off day today and we got a couple more practices and then we go play Detroit, um, for our first preseason game, which will be um, pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. What's your thought process going into that first game against Detroit? You know, it's your first, first NFL experience. You know, I know it's preseason it's not regular season, but I remember from my experience, Jordan, you probably too. the first time you step on an NFL field. It's a cool feeling. You know, it's kind of like I've made it to where I want to be. There's a lot more to come, but I've made it to where I want to be. What's kind of your mentality going in that game? How much do you think you're going to play? Um, and are you excited?
3: Yeah, no, I'm for 100 well, percent excited. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, myself and Marcus um, and then Felipe bouncing back and forth between quarterback and tight end. Um, and, and, you know, I think I'll get a, a good amount of reps throughout, you know, all the preseason games. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm treating them obviously like, you know, any other game, like I want to go win every single game. Um, so it, it's nothing but a hundred percent effort out there. Um, and then, you know, locked in throughout this entire week, um, following, leading up to uh, Detroit.
0: It'll be interesting. The last game you played in was against, uh, I'm not counting the senior bowl. Last game you played in was against Alabama the next game you play in is against the Detroit Lions in the preseason. I My prediction, you will be shocked at how much better Bama is than, than preseason because people are bigger and faster, but the scheme, you're not going to have anything confusing. It's going to be in front of you, and I don't think anybody, in when you played against Alabama, was scared to death in that secondary. And in preseason, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, a lot of players are singing for their supper. I've been that guy, right, and they're trying to make the team – and they are scared to death to blow, not not to get beat deep, to blow an assignment, to have their eyes in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of people overthinking things. A lot of guys who probably yeah. aren't going to play in the league overthinking things. So I would say that Bama's defense when you saw them is much better than Detroit's defense when you'll see them.
1: Yeah, I feel like preseason is so much about just literally like your your play. You're not going to have all the plays in. you're going to have basic plays. No coaches want to show their plays for the season. It's literally about how can you execute the little things well? And you and me have both been there about on the bubble, Jordan. Like you're in there in the fourth quarter. I remember my rookie year, the only game I played in, I played in the second half of the last preseason game. And I'm looking around. And I'm I'm in like a fucking mentality, you know, because I don't got anything else to lose. But I'm looking around the field and just wide eyes all around.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Last segment here before we get into the final two minute push. This is called self scout. Let's see what you know about kind of your own loose, but your own situation. All right. So you were under recruited. Uh, you only had two offers, from Cincinnati and Eastern Kentucky, right? Yeah. Cool. Eastern Kentucky, yeah. What is Eastern Kentucky's mascot? Uh,
2: the Colonels.
0: Colonels. All right. I, wow. I did not know that. Kyle, what do you got?
1: I didn't know that either. That was, that was a minus that for like me a, right like there. That, that, was that, was good. that sounds I'm like a snapback flat bill that I I might need. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a triple A team, one of those guys right there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's that's like what their mascot looks like or
1: something. Yeah, like biscuits. I played on a baseball team with yeah. biscuits. Yeah. Oh man! All right, one for one. That's impressive. I didn't think you were gonna get that one. All right, next question. Your freshman year. I know that seems like a long time ago because you played nine thousand games at Cincinnati. Your freshman year, you book into the season with wins against two power five teams. What were the two teams?
2: Uh, you're talking about UCLA. And um, so many wins, so many wins, he can't tell. That was all the way so far back. Who we playing? Uh, no, not Ohio. And I can't even
3: remember.
1: Mm, One for two. Virginia Tech.
3: Oh, oh,
1: the bowl game. See, I was thinking early in
3: the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. they all count, they all count.
0: I know see, you know, there, general, these aren't going to be layups here, all right? Um, mm-hmm. All right, so Alec Pierce, your wide receiver, second-round pick in Indy. Uh, very fired up to see how this goes for him because I like, I like his game a lot. Um, I like his above-seven-feet game. Um, all right, you guys are really close, right? Yeah. yeah that's your guy. Um, what was his major?
3: His major was Mechanical Engineering.
1: Mm, good. Nice. All right. Smart guy, huh?
3: Yeah. What was your major? Real smart guy. Uh, sports Administration. There we go. That's Speaking <laughs> of labs, yeah. 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 I know. I was, mo- yeah. I was multidisciplinary <laughs> studies.
0: It's three minors, uh, and I actually remember. don't remember what all three of them were. If, so if that was one of my questions, nice. I would have got that one wrong. Yeah.
3: What'd you major, Kyle? I was.
1: I took so many BS classes at A and M that when I transferred to Houston, they were like, "Dude, like we can only take half your credits, man. <laughs> None of these count here."
0: Did you graduate, Kyle?
1: I graduated from Houston, and it was a technology degree. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different stuff. All right. Question number four. So you and me both rep by Vayner Sports, right? AJ and Gary started the uh, started the agency. Random question, but what country did Gary immigrate from?
2: Oh, isn't it? That uh, you get this wrong. I want to say Italy, but I don't think it's Italy. Um,
3: I'll say Italy. I don't. Mm, Gary's attention span so.
0: is like there's no way in hell he's going to have watched this entire episode even though you guys are both rep on him because he's got about 10 seconds. But he would be. Yeah. He would be shocked. Yeah. Not shocked. <laughs> I'm curious. You'd be shocked.
3: I don't think <laughs> I knew this one before. I wouldn't have known team. it. I, I know, know it's, it's, somewhere, in it's somewhere in Europe, ain't it? Yeah.
0: It's be- Belarus.
3: Belarus? What is – is that a mm-hmm. country?
0: Yeah. Belarusian. I
1: think so, isn't it? Belarusian. Mm-hmm. Have you been there, George? I have not. Um, I, I don't think I could point that out on a map if I if you gave me that, though.
3: I couldn't. I didn't even. Yeah, no. yeah. Um
0: All right, last one here. You're from Louisville. There's one NFL MVP from the Ville. Who is it?
2: One NFL MVP? Yeah. Can I get a year?
0: No. <laughs> I I don't have
1: it. We can help him. What era? It was... <laughs> I don't know the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's old. old. It's definitely old. Ah, free two thousands. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, oh, sure.
2: About...
0: Paul Hornung. Hey,
2: there you go. Paul yeah. like Hornung. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would have guessed
0: Lamar Jackson, and right. then been wrong because it would have been he's not from Louisville. Yeah. Um. All right. Not bad. I was that score check three six five. for eight or something like that. Yeah, five, five for five. seven. No.
1: Um, 60% completion percentage. We'll take it.
0: Um, all right, man, final little piece here.
1: Uh, I'm pretty excited about this because
0: this concept came together where I used to do the summit camps and have college counselors come and share their journey to the kids. And Hey, man, give you five or 10 minutes. And guys would always go for like 10 or 20 minutes when they talk about their journey, even like really humble guys who don't want to talk about themselves. I remember Sam Darnold, who does not want to talk about how awesome he is. When you have him share his journey, he'd go for like a half hour because this isn't really about how awesome everything this is. This is the whole journey, the ups and the downs. So what we're doing is we're giving you two minutes. This is the two-minute drill. In two minutes, you can start this wherever you want the story to start, but it ends today. Um, I'm hitting mute. Tell us your journey in the next two minutes.
3: I get a countdown or I'm just going?
0: Three, two, one.
3: I'm born and raised from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, You know, I I bounced around about from seven different houses um, back when we lived there. Um, Originally grew up in the Highlands and moved out to Fern Creek and kind of, you know, been all around the city. Um, I went to a grade school called Holy Family, a small Catholic school. Um, And then I went to high school at St. Xavier, which was, you know, about a mile and a half up the road from um, my middle school. Um, I, I went there for four years, had an amazing four years there. Um, played basketball, played volleyball, played football, ran track. Um, so, you know, I, I, did a lot of things there. Um, was fortunate enough, you know, to get two scholarship offers from, as we said, you know, Eastern Kentucky and Cincinnati. Um, ultimately end up choosing Cincinnati, spent five, four and a half to five years there at Cincinnati. Um, had a great time there, a great career there with a lot of great teammates, great coaches. Um, who obviously you guys know that, you know, we, we built a journey there and, um, you know, made relationships that are going to last forever. Um, you know, on the, on the football side of things, we took care of things, you know, that, that needed to get done and uh, left our, our mark there as, as, you know, one of uh, the greatest teams to come through Cincinnati. Um, so that was a fun experience for me and all my teammates over the past four to five years. Um, and then, you know, the the past couple months and this past half year, I've been preparing for my ultimate goal to play in the NFL, going out to California and training with Jordan for um, three months and guys like Carson Strong and and Jared and and Chase Garbers. um, You know, those guys that, you know, I've built relationships with who are now, you know, competing for their dream. Um, And now I'm with a guy drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, And, you know, I'm excited to be here, excited to be with this team, excited to really, you know, what it, see what it's like to be an NFL player throughout an entire season um, and be able to get as many victories as we can in the city.
0: Amazing. That's a good run. First guest on the room. Appreciate you joining us, man. Um, and we were just shot this year. I'm in Hawaii right now on family vacation. Kyle's in training camp with the Texans. You're in training camp approaching your first NFL preseason game. All right, dude, that was a fun interview with Daz. I mean, I – it, this is different, right? Because one, you and I have very little experience interviewing people, and two, it's always a,
1: a more difficult to interview a friend. So, yeah, I mean, that was—I don't know if I've ever interviewed someone before, and I just think Dez is awesome as our first interview. I think he's one of one of the best dudes I've been around. I think from the moment you're around him, you realize his maturity, you realize his soft confidence. You realize he's just an absolute baller and he's just a good dude, you know, he's a fun guy to be around. I think Atlanta is should be pumped to have him. They should be stoked, overly excited. I think he's going to do awesome there. It's great family and I wish him nothing but the best man.
0: I like quarterbacks to be predictable. I don't think unpredictable is good it, to be a franchise quarterback. I mean like on the field, off the field, mm-hmm. like who are we getting today? Is he in a good mood? Is he in a bad mood? That's bad for quarterback, for franchise quarterbacks. Uh, you better be something else awesome if you're going to be unpredictable as a dude. Um, I, I've said this to you've heard me say this. It's this quarterback of all ages. Like the way you play the game on the field directly mirrors the way you live your life off the field, right? And so, like when you see Peyton Manning and how he was on the field, right? Knowing everything, what his approach to the game, he knew everything. He looked at all the little wrinkles and. That's the way he does business deals now. It's the same way. And then when you see Johnny Manziel, who was one of my favorite college players ever, the way he played the game on, on the field, running around, pick up the ball, jump over a guy, chuck it across the field. But Most people don't realize you were the quarterback at AM that, that, that followed him up. Like, well, then it makes sense when you hear the stories and we see the way he lives his life off the field. But I don't see those things cross over. And so when I look at Desmond, the way he plays the game on the field, it totally mirrors the way – that he lives his life off the field, and that's really predictable. It's really mature, and it's why we're hearing stuff that we're hearing out of Atlanta, like, you know, never seen a rookie this mature. He's way more advanced than we thought. Like, you keep hearing these things, and it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of been that way for a minute.
1: Yeah, and you think about the quarterback position just in general, and people don't really think about it this way. They just see guys on Sunday playing. You are literally the reason a billion-dollar corporation does well or not the quarterback position more than any other sport that position decides whether the coaches stay there, whether coaches get fired, people's pay or people get extensions. You, you are deciding a lot of people's futures as the quarterback position. And I think accountability and the trust in that person is super important.
0: Yeah. Trust really. It's the most important trait in a quarterback. I I, I just, in terms of evaluating the quarterback can actually, do I believe that this guy is what we think he is? Um, It's just like this thing. That's not enough, not that people don't talk about enough. Uh, So so we both agree. Great first guest. We've got some bangers coming up here in the hopper. Um, Hopefully each week we're bringing in the guy from the game. Um, But what are you what what are you excited about with the room moving forward?
1: Man, I'm just excited to, you know, start hearing what people think. You know, I want to get I want to people who are listening to this right now on YouTube, wherever you are listening to this. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know things you'd like to see, maybe guests you'd like to see. Um, different things we can do to make the show better but i think just like you said we're gonna have some awesome guests and we're gonna get them when it matters we're gonna get them before the big games we're gonna talk ball with them we're gonna dive deep into who they are that two-minute drill with desmond was awesome today i think you're gonna see who these people are and we're gonna try and humanize them and show you a side of them that you're not really gonna normally see and that we see in the quarterback room right when we talked about it earlier the quarterback room is a lot more than x's and o's it's a lot of talk about family and who you are and where you come from and you become brothers in that room. So we're just going to try and keep pushing that and keep spreading that and show these people who they are. I'm excited about what's to come.
0: Yeah. I think there's so much cool content right now. I mean, Pat McAfee, I've been on his show multiple times. I've been in studio with him multiple times. a chance to see that thing turn into what it is and where it's going. Um, You know, bussing with the boys. They've done an awesome job. We just look around and there's so many, I mean, BFFs with Portnoy. There's just so many different, cool concepts out there um there just isn't one that is elite expertise level understanding of the quarterback position and the quarterback world the ecosystem from i mean i I worked with over 750 quarterbacks of all ages this year like kyle's in training camp with the houston texans fifth year in the nfl top recruit in the country so to have this sort of like approach to like what's actually happening with the quarterback position and then add in the guests I just want to make the most fascinating conversation in quarterback and in football happen right here every single week. So go ahead and subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, Spotify, whatever it is, like us, share it, whatever. Um, And then also give us some feedback. Tell us who you want. What guests do you want? What do you want us to talk about? Because, I don't know, we're going to post this and there's going to be like one subscriber and then two and then three. This is early, (laughs) right? So you can get in at the ground floor. and which means right now you don't get like a free hat or a t-shirt yet, but you can um, get your topic hit. So um, I, I want the feedback. We want the feedback and we're going to make the most fascinating conversation of football happen right here every week.
1: Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. I, I can't wait. And uh, one thing I think we, we want to do wrapping up the show every week, this is just super cool. And we talk about journeys, we talk about, you know, people's lives and stuff. And I know, I think this is a big part of our life is just being grateful and, and thinking of what we're grateful for. So, every week we're going to wrap up the show with what we're grateful for this week. Jordan, I'm asking you, you're in Hawaii with your family right now. You're on your first vacation. You've been grinding all summer. I think I know what you're grateful for this week, but tell us what we are.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm island hopping for a couple weeks now. I was in Kona got the Maui. I'm going to Lanai next. Uh, I'm, a, I got a six-year-old and a three-year-old boy. I got another baby coming on the way in November. Uh, I'm married my high school sweetheart. Um, and, uh, so I, I I'm in position a right now. am super blessed just family wise, but, Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm blessed or I'm I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for, uh, the way that my family is continuing to develop me. And right now that's patience, man. It's hard. There's ups and downs with these little guys. And, uh, so I'm really grateful for the lessons and patience that I've gotten as we're sitting here in paradise, having a great time.
1: Yeah. I spent a little time around Ford and Reese more than most but a little time and the patience development is needed in me Mm -hmm. so I get where you're coming from on that that's awesome what
0: about you what are you grateful for
1: (sighs) yeah I mean we're in the dog days of training camp right now I think we're two weeks in Um, you remember this from training camp and just hopping around the league you're away from your family a lot you and Dottie were probably never together you and your wife until the season started. So today, Summer, my fiance, she moves out here. I'm super grateful to get my family back to be in one spot and to feel normal again. You know, I feel like when you're away from your family in training camp and you're just up there working all day, it just, it doesn't feel right. So I'm, I'm super excited to get her out here and get back to being a family again. Awesome, man. I love it.
0: Uh, anybody who's watching and listening to this right now, as you click in next, whatever, just take three to five seconds and just, just, Be present for a second and just think about what you're grateful for right now, too. Kyle, episode one. Jake, behind the screen. I think we're good. We're rolling. Let's keep it going, baby.